Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. My incredible guest today, I have Corey Jennerman. He's the managing partner at Run Guides Media. Corey, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty well. Yeah. Just pretty well. I mean, you made you it to what? the top, dude. You're on the For the Love of Sports podcast. It possibly can't get any better for you. I, you know how it, it, it almost got one level better today. Uh, it's sunny in Vancouver. We were out riding mm-hmm. around. It's baby goose season in the city. Okay. So, so the Canada geese that live amongst us in the urban environment here um, have just hatched their babies recently. So you get these little cuddly kind oh, of little things walking cute. around. Yeah. So do you guys like Canadian geese up in Canada? Because I hate them here stateside. Yeah, they, well, we like the babies. And, okay. and then makes- the rest of the time we basically walk around sort of eyeing them suspiciously because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're the badasses of the bird world. And yeah. if, if you don't watch yourself, they will steal your wallet 100%. Yeah, I've been chased once or twice in my life. It's traumatic. And, uh, it terrifies me. Everyone else I've met from Canada, though, they've been really nice. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a goose thing. Possibly. Maybe it's a goose thing. But <laughs> Corey, very excited to talk to you a little bit more about Canada. I'm sure yeah. that'll come up in the conversation. But Corey, as I said, is the managing partner of Run Guides Media. Very excited to get into that. What it is, why anybody runs outside of like the health aspects is just crazy to me. But I'm excited to learn why you do it, Corey, a little bit. But the first question have for everybody on the for the love of sports podcast is why do you love sports so much yeah and you know i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna talk to you about uh, why i love endurance sports so much and i think there are two really really cool things uh when we're talking about endurance sports the first thing is i just i I love i love about running when you do a running event as as an age grouper like like i am i think it's one of the few sports that you get to experience the exact same experience that the pros get at the same time on the same course, you know, and you go out, you do say you run the Vancouver marathon there. There's probably an Olympian uh, 50 meters ahead of you at the start. And then they're gone. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to say, yeah. maybe not the whole time, unless you shout get, out yeah. to you, but you, know. you, you get, yeah, you get the same experiences then, but you just never see them again. Um, but I, I think that's really interesting i think that's very powerful you know you you're running that same course you have the same crowd cheering you probably have more of a crowd by the time you finish because you know the fast people finish so quickly um and like where else can you get that i play intramural i play intramural soccer sometimes and i can tell you that the experience that i have is (laughs) yeah a little different so i i think to me that's really exciting um the second thing that i've always loved about endurance sports is the fact that it's just you and you're going to get out of it what you put into it really you know uh you can set those goals for yourself in endurance sports that are at the limit of what you think is possible for yourself whether that's hey i've just i just want to run a 5k you know and i've I've never run before or it's i want to run you know a sub three hour marathon and then go go to boston or whatever like if you put in the work, you will achieve the results for that. And that, I think that's that's something really special um, to be able to go out there and, and, yeah, kind of kind of do that. You know, it's 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 just like uh, it's really interesting the way like you kind of you know show those two points, right? The first one is that you get to experience something with so many other people all at the mm-hmm. same time, maybe in different amounts of time, but at the yes. same time essentially. But then also, it's very individual. 
Yes. Right. It like it, it's like it's like tennis. Okay, there's two people playing against yeah. each other, right? So it's individual, but like it's just one. Like at some of these marathons, like I've I told you I ran you know the 5K before the New York City Marathon four or five mm -hmm. times now. There's thousands of people there, and it's yeah. nuts. And like yeah, yeah. one time, I was just so unbelievably hungover. It was like one of the worst experiences <laughs> of my life. But I finished. I finished, and I'm proud of myself to say that. But it's just one of those things where it is so interesting how something can be so inclusive with so many other people but then it's so mm -hmm. exclusive that your experience while is the, with everybody else it's completely different in certain situations it and it's also completely the same which i think it, is pretty cool absolutely and i mean you see let's take your hungover 5k as an example there the um, somebody else had to have been hungover that day right? I, just tell me that tell Corey. Me please sure, one other sure. person for running statistics show that um, <laughs> so the the experience that you had there i mean you know it was it was probably really tough and um you yeah you're just probably right at your limit that never again time. yeah never exactly. <laughs> the the funny thing the weird thing to me is um no matter what stage you're at or how hungover you are or whatever in a race the person who won that probably felt exactly the same like they felt just as awful the entire time they had just as many opportunities to give up uh, during that race, you know, their brain was telling them, look, you can just stop anytime. Like you, that's all you have to do is stop. All you have to do is kind of lay up and you face that opportunity constantly. And so you get to ask yourself, okay, like, is, is today the day that I am going to give up on, you know, on whatever this goal was, or am I going to keep going? And then you get to answer that question again. And as the race goes on, you get to answer that question more frequently. Um, and that's kind of weird, you know, that, that's, it's really weird. And it's also, I think, pretty empowering because you can take that um, and you can bring that really to any area of your life. How many times in your life have you had the opportunity to give up on something and or ask yourself, you know, do I really want to keep going? And maybe you proved to yourself in a moment in a hungover 5K, you know, before the New York City Marathon that you could keep going yeah. if you want to yeah and, and you make you make a very good distinction right that the fact that this comes up more than than once in your life it's not just when you're running i mean you're Absolutely. an entrepreneur right i'm sure yeah. there are many days uh, i've been in sales <laughs> there are many days yeah. where i'm just like you know i could just stop doing this and i would be yeah. i think i would be so much happier you really don't know yeah, yeah it's yeah. just one of those things and so i guess like what how for you in particular right you've you've run marathons i'm sure you've mm -hmm. run up and down mountains like you've mm -hmm. done the whole nine and the the mental aspect of it how like how do you because i feel like there's like one ceiling and then mm -hmm. there's another ceiling and yeah. then there's another ceiling and yeah. then you just do it again tomorrow right and you got to yeah. keep breaking through these ceilings what was it like for you i guess you know i, I guess we'll start with running and then we'll move mm -hmm. into the business in a second mm -hmm. like when did you like what were those feelings like when you were able to start breaking through those ceilings when you were able to say like hey i know physically biologically it is it is absolutely possible do I feel like death right now? Do, am I going to keel over? Maybe, but I know people run marathons and it's, they kind of run marathons every day. So it's not like yeah. super unique, but it's one of those things where I, I run a 5k and I'm just like, how does anybody run further than this? So yeah, what yeah. was it like for you when you first started to kind of like push through and, and really realize like it sucks, but like I could literally just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. So that question of, of that you just said, of you know, you finish say a 5k and go, how, there's no way. Like, how do you run more than that? First of all, anytime in, in 
my own running journey that I faced, uh, any sort of new challenge, whether it's a new distance, a longer distance, a longer time. Yeah, that is the first question I ask myself. I, I remember uh, the first time I ran a half marathon, which I thought was absolutely insane. Like, who runs a half marathon? It's crazy. Let's let's try it. Let's do it. You cross the, I crossed the line for that. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Never again. Mm -hmm. People run marathons? That's insane. And then, and then you think, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if I did more training. I wonder if I, um, yeah, I wonder if I could go faster. I wonder if I could go farther. Um, I think, I think for me that, um, it always starts with that level of uncertainty, that level of doubt. And again, if you put in the work, if you remain consistent for a period of time, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you go, Oh, wow. You know, that, that 5k, um, I, I can just do that now. That's, that's nuts. Mm -hmm. All right. Now what, what is, how am I, how am I going to take my, um, what I think is possible that, that mental barrier and move it? Well, you're just going to have to kind of do it. Uh, and it's going to freak you out. I, I can think of the, the first long distance trail race I did. Um, this would have been in, I think 2014. So at the time I had already run, I had done, a couple of years prior, I had I had done an Ironman. That was like my big mm -hmm. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this Those Ironman. Are and that's, crazy you know, too. It was pretty fun, and I was lucky enough to be able to train with a friend who was trying to qualify for for Kona at the time. Mm -hmm. If um yeah, if if you're unfamiliar with how that works, in order to to go to Kona, you have to basically win your age group at another Ironman, and then they say, okay, now you can go to Hawaii and you can do the same thing, except it's twice as windy, three mm -hmm. times as hot, and um, yeah, you can do that. So I was able to piggyback off of his training. He was getting coached. He ended up winning his age group and, and going to, to Kona. Um, so I was very lucky to have that experience. And eventually a couple of years later, I had a friend, uh, who was producing some trail races, all different distances. And she said, Hey, come to, uh, this town called Revelstoke, uh, in the interior of BC. And it's going to be like 45 or 50 K you run up a mountain, you run around and, and you come down. Uh, and I thought, okay, cool. You know, I, I guess I've done some long distance stuff. I can go do that. And yeah, man, I remember showing up to that race, being in the Revelstoke hotel, which is right in front of the start finish line with a couple of my friends who had done a fair bit of this stuff before. And the morning of the race, they bring you down to, um, to the lobby and you get to drop off a couple bags of, of whatever food, whatever you want. They'll put it mm -hmm. at the various aid stations on the route. And my friend brings me down and now I'm, I'm like kind of freaking out because we had this uh, briefing the night before mm -hmm. and they're saying, oh, the weather up top is going to be two degrees Celsius. Um, what is that in Fahrenheit? That's I don't know, like 36, yeah, 36, 35, yeah. 36, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so make sure you're prepared for that. And the winds are really high. Oh, we shaved two, like three kilometers off the course because the weather's so bad at top. And, you know, I'm thinking, what the hell did I get myself <laughs> into? Like, this is, I am so, I'm like, I'm legitimately so freaked out now. Um, we go down into the lobby. There are all these other people who look like they know what they're doing. They've got real tech vests on. And my friend's introducing me to people. And I was so nervous that I just kind of dropped my stuff off, went back to the room, um, put on my headphones, listened to a remix of Capital City Safe and Sound. Um on repeat for <laughs> like, you know, I like that song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then it waited until five minutes before the start. And I just went out to the back uh, of the pack and they said, go. And it's like, okay, you're doing this now. So 
that was a really long way to answer your question of, of how do you break through those thresholds. I think you just have to kind of do it. I know, I know for me personally, like I have to put myself in a situation where I can't turn back, right? Yes. Like yeah. if I, if I do that, I will do it, right? Like I went skydiving. Once you're up in the plane, yeah. you really can't go anywhere. So yeah. I was like, fuck it. At this point, we're just going to jump out of a plane and kind of cross our fingers. So coolest experience. Never going to do that again. That one was pretty <laughs> awesome. But like, I, I think it's really important for people to understand, like there's just something about running that so many people hate it. So many people do it. And, and there's definitely that Venn diagram in the middle where there's Absolutely. a lot of people that do it and hate it. But it's just one of those things where it's, you know, when they say it's, you know, 90% mental, like, I mean, maybe it's not 90%. Maybe I'm just kind of making up those numbers, but you physically you're capable of doing it unless your knees are falling off, right? Like yes. you are capable of doing it. You just kind of have to push through and it, it really does. Maybe you're going a little slower, yeah. but it is a hundred, almost a hundred percent mental at that point. I, I feel like it is. There's, there's a great book uh, called how bad do you want it? by I believe Matt Fitzgerald is the author, uh, if, if, if I recall correctly. And that book is all about the mental game uh, of high performing athletes in endurance sports and really talks about that. You know, it, you're, you're, I am so convinced that that is such a 90, 100% for sure. You can train your body to, to a certain point, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then, but at the end of the day, it's, on that day, are you, are you, are you mm -hmm. how bad do you want it? Are you, are you, are you just going to believe that you can do this? Um, I, I run like, I'm not winning any podiums or anything, but for myself, I've been quite happy with, with how fast I've been able to run. And I'm convinced that I can run at the speeds that I run because I believe I can. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously I train, but yeah. yeah. But and, and those days where, you know, you're going, for that goal in a race where you're at the limit of your ability and you can say on the road really feel one or two seconds of, uh, per kilometer distance of pace um it will come down to okay is today the day that i'm i'm gonna mentally say i will make this time and if you flinch for a second you probably won't if, mm -hmm. if you're operating at the limit of your ability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. it. It's, it's fascinating. Great, great book. I, I love that book. Yeah. Really. I wrote it down. I'm excited. I'll definitely, definitely check that one out. And, and I guess it's a great you know, segue. We can mm -hmm. almost say into running a business, right? Like how, how bad do you want it? So I guess I'm kind of <laughs> curious, like, let's talk about run guts yeah. media. You wanted it badly enough to pursue it through a pandemic. Um, so I yeah. think obviously you guys wanted it pretty bad. You were creative. You came up with new ideas. So let's just talk about that for a second. Absolutely. What, um, what is run guides media and mm -hmm. where did this idea come from? Yeah. So run, run guides media basically operates two things. We operate a calendar of runs through a site called runguides.com. And then we operate uh, an app called virtual baton app that allows people to participate in virtual team fitness challenges. And the idea for so virtual baton app is you're really less than a year old that that came out of the mm -hmm. pandemic um runguides.com has been around since about 2013 and that all started out on a run like it's kind of hokey but um it really did i was out for a run with a friend of mine uh he asked me hey you know what what's coming up in the city of vancouver for for runs i think you just run a 5k or 10k or something and i said oh you should probably google that um said I did and, and you know the calendars weren't that great and I went huh interesting I have a, a bit of a background in online marketing um I'd worked for a, a, another directory site previously that listed nightclubs across North America and um yeah I went home did a little research and went huh 
I think that uh, I think we can make a calendar here that will be useful to people and that will actually rank really well for a lot of regional running related keywords. So tried to do it myself for uh, one or two weeks and realized I needed uh, a professional software engineer to, to kind of build out some stuff. Didn't want to take on a lot of financial risk myself, you know, especially with um, a directory website, right? Uh, not really knowing how it was going to go. So I called up uh, one of my one of my best friends. We've known each other for I guess about twenty years now, and and, and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to partner up and, and try this business with me?" And that's how the calendar got launched. As, look at that, nice and easy, out on a run. Yeah, yeah. Would you yeah. look at that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just crazy to me. Like I've seen, and you know, I I told you I have a, a buddy. Shout out Nick Hayden who. Um, ran a calendar in New York city that was literally just for sports marketing events. Yeah. And it was amazing. And it was an incredible resource and I used it essentially daily. And then, you know, obviously some stuff happened. I don't know. World shut down. A lot of mm -hmm. events got canceled. A lot of events stopped and you know, it is what it is, but just the, 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 the fact that you could turn a calendar essentially into a business and, you know, obviously again, there's other things involved, I guess. When was the point, you know, this, this sounded like a fun idea, right? You were doing mm -hmm. nightclubs where I'm sure that means you're staying up late. Then you're doing runs, which means you're probably waking up early. So I don't really know exactly how that worked in the beginning, but <laughs> at what point, like, did you realize, obviously you said, you know, you could turn this into a business, but mm -hmm. I guess, what was the point where you said, okay, this is my full-time job yes. and this is how I can make enough money to keep myself afloat because hey you got to yeah. make money because if you're not making money the business can't run right so like, yes. there's that weird like middle point i guess how like at what point did you get there at what point did you realize like this was something like this isn't a side hustle this is something yeah, that yeah. we can turn into a legitimate you know real business yeah. that we could live off of yeah it was about uh i'd say about two and a half three years into it so probably yeah maybe about 20 mid 2015 ish and uh at the time when we actually started it i had i had left my uh my previous job uh, I was helping some people just consulting, you know, in their, their WordPress sites, things like that. Um, my business partner, he was doing gig work as a software engineer. And then even, I think it was about six months in, uh, when we started, he had a, a really good offer, uh, from a local company to do a full-time job. And yeah, I said to him, look, like, take that because we don't know where mm -hmm. this is going to go. And every, we do our our um, quarterly um, strategic planning, our yearly strategic planning. One of the one of the questions we always ask ourselves in the business is, okay, if we keep doing more or less what we're doing, uh, is it going to grow? Are we going to make more money? If yes, okay, let's continue doing that. Uh, and yeah, after about two and a half years, we were paying ourselves kind of that barely living wages mm -hmm. and we asked ourselves that question again you know okay if we keep doing this um are we gonna make more money uh are we gonna have continue to have more kind of free time as well um yes yes okay good and so at that point um my business partner quit his full-time job and and we just kept going with that yeah and yeah, i'm sure he, once once he was like, not that he wasn't all in, but obviously once he was all in, I'm sure that, you know, kind of the, the trajectory even went up even higher, which I think is really cool. So I guess, how, how does it work? It's a calendar, yeah, yeah. right? So you Google <laughs> events and you put events on a calendar. Somehow you're making yeah. money from it. Shout out yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. But like, how, how does it work? How do you guys yeah. make money and, and how kind of, how has this evolved since, it, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure the first website doesn't quite look like what this one now does, right? <laughs> no, for, no, it looks a lot different. I think the first one looked uh, a little bit like Craigslist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we said, look, let's just put 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 runs up and see yep. see if it ranks well, see if people come to the site, and then we'll just figure things out. The uh, Yeah, the main ways that we make money on the site. So 
Um, we sell display advertising, so banner ads on the site. Mm -hmm. um, we give races the ability to boost themselves to the top of the regional calendars. That's a paid thing. We, uh, we have an email list. We have uh, sponsored inclusions in there. And then we also have some affiliate programs that we're running. So we're partnered with a, an online training platform. We do a couple other things as well. Uh, so those are, those are the main revenue streams that we have going through it. And I guess how how were you able to I get justify? Is that a word I want to use? Yeah, do these sure. races be like, hey, like the first time you boosted a race, you really didn't have any idea what was going to happen, right? So like, <laughs> how did you go about like saying like, yes. all right, banner ads? Like when you and I spoke yeah. on the phone a week, yeah. two weeks ago, whatever it was, I don't look at banner ads anymore. Yeah. I'll probably never look at a banner ad again unless it's for my job. Saying how does yeah. this banner ad look? Looks like <laughs> no one's going to look at it, but I, th I think it's fine. So how yeah. like banner ads how do you guys actually get people to click or, or see them yeah. how how do you get people to because again if there's an ad or sponsor next to something i'm immediately passing by it yeah. how why is is the running community different is it an age thing is it a me thing what is it about what you guys do that kind of like i've grown up with all that shit i don't even pay attention yeah, yeah. to it anymore <laughs> for sure i think the the key thing to start off with is what is your traffic to your site? And what's the intention of that traffic? And, and so we have tried to really focus run guides traffic on rank well for these regional running related keywords. And that's it, like nothing else. We're not doing like broad based article marketing to bring people in. We're not running like broad social campaigns or anything. Um, we have that person who is going, Hey, half marathon Dallas, they're looking to do a run right there. So now we have that nice niche traffic. Now, if you have a compelling call to action, your banner ad, you're going to get some clicks on it. Or if we boost you to the top of the uh, the event calendar, it's, it's funny you say like, oh, did we just kind of do it? I mean, we tested it out first um, to see if these clicks would, yeah, like, are people actually clicking on it? Are they then clicking through to your event? Um, so I think it all starts with having that solid niche traffic and understanding the intention of that traffic. Keep it really niche and then those display ads, other things can be effective as part of your total online strategy, right? I think it's, it's impressive. You guys have built an entire business out of it, right? You were you were yeah. riding your bike around before this. You're on West Coast time, so it's like... Yeah, you know, man. We're a, we're a little bit more chill here, too. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Kind of jealous, not going to lie, not going to lie. But so I think it's, it's really important. And so, like, you know, as we said, like that first one, you know, your words, not mine, kind of looked a little like Craigslist, probably a little mm -hmm. janky, but this was 2015. Things are different yeah, yeah, back yeah. then, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. how how have you guys evolved the site? How have you evolved the business? And, you know, definitely, you know, yeah. I want to talk about um, the, the virtual patana as well. Yeah. But before then, before the pandemic, what were some of the things that you guys were starting to include mm -hmm. before we get to the topic of, you know, the pandemic itself? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, one of the main things for us over the years was, um, focusing more on regional, having things like a little map and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Some of the recent changes definitely was the emergence of virtual running. And all of a sudden we're thinking like, oh, wow, okay, we have to somehow categorize these in the calendar. How does a virtual run work? It just kind of always goes on forever. Wait, we have a map? Like people are mm -hmm. say looking for runs in Seattle, but a virtual run can happen anywhere. So how do you handle that? Mm -hmm. um, those were some of the things that we've more recently had to deal with and kind of figure out um, to keep the calendar as a relevant resource. Because otherwise, you know, maybe you show up and you look for runs in Seattle and there are 300 virtual races and you're like, oh, I just kind of wanted something. Yeah. Town. 
yeah. So how do you present that information? These are the um, the kind of like weird information scientist things we do on the back back end that are exciting to us, and maybe in the front end, someone's like, okay, I, I don't know, you were mulling through a database and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to sort it and then put it out uh, so that someone gets a good experience. Yeah. And I think that is important, right? Because that, that was especially during the pandemic. That was something that yeah. came up a lot is, hey, you know, today we're running a 5K. Who's we? Whoever the hell wants to, where are you running it? Yeah. I don't know. Outside your house. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Just yeah. make sure you run a 5K, log your time and we're good. Right. So I think it is really interesting. So I guess before we get to the virtual run part, mm -hmm. how the beginning of the pandemic, that was, yeah. you know, it was like two weeks, right? We were going to sit inside for two weeks. It was going to be yeah, fine. No and we were going to get right back to work. Not a big deal. Not Running a big deal. Running was going to be fine. Yeah, who cares? And now I'm looking May 12th. So, you know, a little over 14 months later, where it looks like we're coming out of it. Cross our fingers, knock on wood, yeah. that whole thing. Um, good things have come out of it. Obviously, a lot of bad things have come out mm -hmm. of it. I like to look at things from a positive, though. So mm -hmm. you guys were able to take your business through the pandemic. Um Running was something, I mean, uh -huh. I, I honestly don't know. Like was, I mean, the events industry in, as yeah. a whole, obviously couldn't get a bunch of people together. What was your, what was your business like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you, these events aren't happening. So no yeah. one's boosting the post. The events aren't happening. So no one's buying banner ads. Like, yes. how are you guys able to sustain yeah. throughout this and, and continue to make money to the point where now we're looking at the other side and Hey, yeah. this, you know, marathon is going to happen in that run and that run. Like, how are you, how did you, how were you able to do that for, you know, over 12 months at this point. Yeah, I, well, it was um, it was a huge surprise and shock to the industry. And, and for us, it was not easy. It was it was quite tough. The one thing that we have going um, with our particular business is from day one, Brennan and I built it to be fairly easy to run at scale. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we don't have a tremendous amount of resources that we need to manage the calendar, run the site. Um, but, and, and we're very lucky because, um, in this situation that we have set that up because yeah, it was a massive hit to our entire industry and us included, um, in a period of about three days, basically in March, 2020, our site traffic dropped 80%. Um, so we do, we were on pace for just over 4 million visits to the site in 2020, Things were cruising. We're, you know, we're like, oh, record everything. We have a bunch of ad deals lined up. This is going to be fantastic. And yeah, really, like, you know, all races get canceled. Yep. Um, our site traffic tanks because nothing's happening. And we then, of course, have these media deals that we have lined up for the year based off of expected traffic numbers. So um, either we had to renegotiate those and give people uh, longer run times or credit in the future. Uh, we had to give them their money back um, or we just kind of had to say, okay, we're going to wait and see, um, you know, what happens. And luckily again, because we've always run a nicely in business, we were able to kind of put run guides on what we called stasis mode. We had to roll out a whole bunch of changes to uh, indicate, Hey, this is a, a, a race that's now affected by the pandemic. It used to mm -hmm. be, it used to be like a physical race. Now it's a virtual race. Um, and just kind of ride it out really. And, and that was our strategy because we're like, well, we don't really know what we're going to do here. <laughs> we have a niche. And, and to some degree, you kind of just kind of have to take your lumps then we, you know, it eventually was going to turn around and that's what we kind of banked on. And then we did a little innovating and mm -hmm. you know, launched a new product line. The, yeah, so we, we put it on stasis mode. We just said, let's focus on keeping the calendars up to date as possible. Let's just do that. 
Let's make sure we can indicate uh, runs that have changed around. And then let's like talk to our clients because they're freaking out. And let's make sure that the people who need the money back in their media buys, we're going to get that. The people who you know are okay with credit, we're going to do that. And yeah, it was a real shitstorm. Uh, to be totally honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was awful for just about everyone everywhere, Absolutely. especially yeah. those first couple months, I guess. At what point did, did races mm. start to come back? At what point did everybody realize like, all right, those two weeks, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, those two weeks turned into a month and the month turned into two months. Then we were like, shit, we don't know when this thing's going to end. When did everybody kind of, I guess, in the running community collectively agree like, okay, we're, you know, let's buckle down. Like yeah. what can we do and how can we kind of continue to bring money in, continue to engage mm -hmm. with this community of incredible people. Mm -hmm. And again, keep people active because that was one thing that, you know, was kind of a negative from all this. People just like drank beer and sat inside for a really long time. Like, <laughs> it's not great for your body, man. You got to get outside, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. The, um, I, I, I mean, I'm thinking it was, it probably felt like about four weeks in after that initial, I remember the initial bit, uh, we'd, we'd be talking to races and we're like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you guys going to do? And they say, oh, well, we'll push it out four weeks, we'll push it out six weeks, we'll just throw it then. And then after that, everyone kind of adjusted again. And it, that I think that maybe four, six weeks in, everyone went, okay, this is kind of a big deal. Um, we're gonna now have to figure things out. And uh, yeah, a lot of event promoters too, like the, the perception of the running industry um, or the outsiders, I think perception of the, the event producers in the running industry are, oh man, they must be making bank. Like they threw, a t you know, a 5,000 person event and everyone paid 80 bucks to enter. Um, they're doing great. And the reality is that's not often the case. Um, a lot of large in-person runs, number one, have a huge charity component to them. Um, a ton of their money is going to the city for permitting, um, you know, for staff, all of that. Like they're shutting down roads. You have to pay the um, municipal police to come in and at the city day rate to, you know, so mm -hmm. all these expenses and they're often these small teams of, um, you know, four or five people uh, working most almost full time for a nonprofit. And yeah, so they, they were, um, they were suffering pretty hard. And additionally, like trying to innovate out of that can be difficult too. If you, a lot of these races were thinking, we don't really know what to do. Like we've heard virtual is kind of a thing. I was at a conference in um, Las Vegas in February, 2020, right before a running conference. And everyone was kind of like, Hey, hey is anyone doing virtual? Is anyone making money with this? What's, what's going on? And yeah, it was, I think it was really tough for a lot of them. Uh, and it took, I think it took a few months. And how, how do these virtual events even work? Right. Yeah. Like, cause like why, again, being an outsider, like yeah, yeah, yeah. why am I paying money? to run around my block <laughs> and then just kind of like, you know what I mean? Like I just do yeah. that anyway. Like, but now that today I'm going to pay. So like, I'm just kind of confused not to like belittle it or put it down. Like All good. legitimately, I do not understand what, what, like, what is the, like, what's the, why do people do this? It's a very, it's a great question. It's a very legitimate question. And I, I don't think that's a belittling question at all okay. because that is the challenge that um, races were facing or are facing with a virtual event. Like, the so if you don't know uh to the listeners who might not be familiar with virtual running um virtual racing is basically hey we're going to give you a goal um it could be a distance goal whatever you're going to you get a period of time to do this let's say it's a, a 10k um okay run this 10k anytime in the month of may um oh by the way pay to enter 
and then we'll send you uh, some swag. You'll, you'll get like a medal and stuff. And I agree, that's a tough sell. That's a tough sell, right? Because unless you really care about getting the medal or unless you really care about um, where a portion of the money is going to if they're doing a charity component, um, why would you do that? And that is the challenge that runs doing virtual racing have to overcome. Initially, in 2020, what had happened was the races pivoted to virtual. So they would already have maybe a mostly full field or, or have sold 75%. Yeah. yeah. And then they said, hey, look, we're going virtual. Um, will, will you do that to support us? If not, we'll give you a credit for a future year. Mm -hmm. uh, and people were pretty cool with that. And now it's kind of like you do have to offer in some respects, sometimes a little bit more or, or mm -hmm. try to be innovative. So yeah, there's, there are kind of the, um, do the race and, and pay and you'll get the medal races. One thing that came up that, uh, has been pretty big were these, the concept of a virtual challenge where they said, all right, um, instead of just go run a, you know, run a 10 K, uh, we're going to take you from across the state of, are you familiar with the Tennessee 1000 K that's um, I am not 1000 okay. K. I am One, not familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> so this was, this is, is uh, probably the most successful uh, virtual race that uh, has ever run. And are you, are you familiar with the, uh, the Barkley marathons at all? Have you heard, have you heard of that? Uh, the, the what? The Barkley uh, marathon. Nope. Okay, this is nuts. So the Barkley Marathon, you can watch. This is a, uh, a documentary on Netflix. Uh, there is a guy uh, named Lazarus Lake who holds this super crazy, incredibly tough, um, I think it's like 120-mile race in the backwoods of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, these runners show up, and it's, it's kind of part orienteering, part bush bashing. And they have to. I don't know what either of those words are. Uh, okay, yeah. So sorry, uh, we're we're going deep into this one now, Corey. I hope that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Well, let's go. I love this. So, um, orienteering would be you have a map and a compass, and oh. you have a number of checkpoints that you ha you have to get to in a forest. And so you've got this topographical map. You're reading the contour lines. You're re using your compass to kind of figure out where you have to get to. If you get to a checkpoint. Um, you're like, okay, cool. I made it to the checkpoint. Usually there's, uh, maybe something you would take from it. Or, um, mm -hmm. if you do these orienteering events, you get a little, uh, computerized dongle that you go bam, and you, you okay. hit the checkpoint, you're there. Then you go off to the next one. Right. Um, and, uh, when I say bush bashing, this is a term that I learned from my New Zealand friends. Uh, it is just bushwhacking, going through the, going to the forest, kind of no, no real. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. So this rate. Yeah, this race is wild. I, I I can't remember what the time limit is, but you basically have to do these, and I, I might screw this up a little bit, but you you have to do these five or six 20-ish mile loops, finding these little checkpoints that have pages out of various like bad romance novels. And you have to you have to peel the page off, and then you eventually that's how they track if you actually made it to the the checkpoint you then uh oh this is entirely self-supported as well you then make it all the way back to the start within a, a certain period of time and if you do you get to go out and do another lap in the rever or the reverse direction or something so mm -hmm. like no one finishes this thing ever like they i they i think they've had maybe 
15 or 20 finishers or something um before the is the point passed. just yeah. to like kind of put the book back together the, the is point is like... yeah the, <laughs> the the point is like just if you have a dark pit inside you that yeah. you can't fill yeah. with anything Jeez. you go and you do the barclay marathons uh okay so it, this this got um super famous because and then there's a whole documentary on, on netflix on it uh and there's actually there's a, a local guy here in vancouver who's given it a go two two or three times and um, and again, these are like top, top tier long distance trail athletes who compete in this event. And, and 120 like, miles. I mean, how many? That's 18, 20 hours, right? Like 40, no, 30 it, hours? It's a lot. This is through like the most grueling terrain. So it's not like possibly. a regular marathon where yeah. you're just kind of running on the road and sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. No, like, I think thousands of tens. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to try to do my meters to feet here. Um, like tens of thousands of feet of elevation gain and descent um, through brambles and yeah. you're going through all sorts of crazy shit i think i want to say the time cut off is 60 hours i could be wrong <laughs> so that's insane yeah so the the um the so what happens is the people who participate in in these events um are like any any of these long distance trail events or um i paced one of my friends in one in uh, in utah and it wasn't as crazy as this but um yeah, they start hallucinating mm -hmm. and, and you'll see, you know, the, there was one guy a couple of years ago who finished it and he just kind of shows up wearing a fluorescent orange um, uh, beanie that he found somewhere. And he's wearing like like half of a plastic bag that he just kind of found because he was all cold and, you know, he makes it to the line. <laughs> and so anyway, so the, the guy that produces this event is pretty famous in the running scene, Lazarus Lake. And he came out with a, in a virtual event called the Tennessee 1000 K. And the objective was, he said, look, um, go out and do runs and you're going to have, I think it was four months to do 1000 kilometers of total running, but you're actually logging your runs and you're going to watch yourself move along a map as you go. So now you can, and you can zoom in, you can see Google street view and it was the state of Tennessee. So it's like, you can zoom in and see a field. And then the next day you can see another field. Mm -hmm. Um, and people loved it and he sold, I think he sold 20,000 entries Wow! at like 60 us dollars a pop. Um, and that was, you know, people went whole, I mean, he, he has the, um, he's he got the cloud. Can, yeah. He's a, yeah, he has yeah, the cloud, yeah. Right. So that, that helps a lot. People want to do these events, but that was one of the most famous examples early on of this kind of challenge style and this new type of virtual race that people were doing. So there, there are things like that. These, these kind of more challenging things, um that people can do that emerged as another type of virtual run and so i just want to do the math so let's say four so yeah, 120 yeah. days so 1000 mm -hmm. divided by 120 so you're almost running a 10k every day it's like 8.3 repeating k's a day so it's almost yeah. a 10k every day so that's what like six ish miles like a little under yeah, so like yeah, five that's, miles yeah, that's, that's about five it's miles a day miles. i think right eight, yeah, eight yeah, 10, yeah 10k is like six point Six, yeah, six point four or something. two something like that um so it's probably yeah. like right around five miles a day so yeah actually that's it's really funny my mom actually just runs five miles a day to run five miles a day so i wish i wish she knew about this because that's really, and she loves she, they're, she they're moving to, and they're moving to tennessee too no which is, which, yeah, I swear to god swear <laughs> to god Tennessee's beautiful by the way but um no that's crazy and and that's like it's such a cool way of especially in the beginning right mm -hmm. like especially in the beginning people needed 
people will literally do anything to leave their house. I remember like one time I was just like, I just need to just like, I just drove around. <laughs> like I didn't have anywhere to go. It's like, I just need to get the hell out of this place. Right. Like shout out to my now wife. Um, I mean, we made it right. We made it through that. I believe yeah, we yeah, can make yeah. it through everything. I'm pretty confident <laughs> we're going to be good moving forward, but it was just, it was just absolutely nuts. And like, so I guess in the beginning, especially, and, and again, yeah. that, that gentleman and, and everything that comes with it, such a cool idea. You only can do that so many times though, right? Like there's only so much you can do. So I, I want to mm. learn a little bit more about virtual baton and kind of yeah, yeah, how yeah. you guys were able to create this yeah. out of a pandemic and say, Hey, like we think this is something not only sustainable, we can make money from it. Yeah, yeah. We can engage people, build this community even further than it already is. And they don't have to run <laughs> the Tennessee 1000 also has a cool <laughs> ring to it. I think too. it does. It's it pretty, has a cool it's, ring to it. I like it. It's that. a pretty, pretty badass. Cool. It was pretty yeah, badass. It's pretty sweet. Um, the, yeah, I mean, when, so basically, yeah, what happened is we started seeing these virtual events go off and, um, we thought, okay, we can either, you know, just do run guides in maintenance mode and I can go do something else until this blows over or yeah, let's take a look and see if there's some opportunities here that we can make money at, but also that would be kind of fun for us to do. Um, and we took a look at these virtual challenges where you're moving along the map and we're like, well, that's, that's actually pretty badass. Um, and then we took a look at like, what were the things that we liked about running the most? And that's, yeah, the, the community, I mean, the, for myself, I, I run with a few run crews here in Vancouver. It's awesome. You just get together. I mean, there's one that we, uh, East van run crew will just start at a brewery. Um, you're super casual, you know, do five or whatever K and then you go back there and, and hang out and, uh, or other groups that, that I would run with, uh, that would be a bit more like training focused and stuff, but yeah, just a bunch of rad people that you're doing runs with. Um, so we thought, okay, is there something we can do here that would be incorporate maybe some connectivity with people? Because yeah, like all the run crews were canceled. Everyone was just desperate to do something together. And that would also incorporate like some interesting virtual um, running experiences. And at first we thought, well, yeah, like a virtual relay would actually be kind of cool. And it would be, you know, like, but it would be not in the sense of, oh, hey, you run, upload your run to, uh, to Strava or Map My Run or your fitness tracker. And then we'll just kind of piece it all together. Like, could we actually do this with like a, with a real baton? Could we, or a, well, virtual baton? Um, that would tell you when it's your turn to run. And if you don't have the baton and you run, it punishes you and you don't get any distance for your team. Um, and, you know, and it, and it chastises you with a little notification. It doesn't do that. Um, it should. Yeah, it totally should. Sit it down, asks. man. Chill out. Drink a beer. You're fine. You're going to go in a little bit. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, Brendan and I sat down. We said, yeah, you know what? Why don't we make this? Let's make a virtual baton. And this will be an app. Um, and let's call it virtual baton app. Perfect. Done. That is what it is. And, and we created that and um, we tested it out uh, with a few local run crews under a brand we could, we created called Speedwork Relay um, with an E because, you know, work it. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And uh, with that, it was, hey, you get a team of six people and you have 12 hours. How far can you go? And passing the virtual baton. And if you have the baton, that's the only person that could score distance. And we ran that and it was amazing. Like I, I participated in it as well. And you're hyped the whole day. The feedback that we got from people was, man, like 
I, I was racing with friends across, who were across the country and we actually felt connected and that's really cool. And we felt mm -hmm. like that was a real race. Um, and so that's, that's when we kind of thought, oh, maybe we're onto something here. This is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then, yeah. No, so, keep going. So, yeah. So we did a couple more of these speed work events. Um, we kept it as kind of virtual baton app because then we thought, well, maybe we can start licensing out the technology to other event producers who want to use it to produce their own events. And then as we've done with, you know, our business since day one, we just kind of took in feedback from the marketplace and started kind of changing things around. So what we found was the relays are like this super intense um, peak experience where you're just dialed in on it, but it's a little bit harder for someone who doesn't have the flexibility in their schedule to, to do a relay. Cause mm -hmm. you know, with the speedworks we were doing, we ran another one called the big Island relay where teams of four had um, as long as they wanted to relay 408 kilometers around the big Island of Hawaii. And then they could watch themselves in the map, the Google street view. But again, people were saying, Hey, we love this, but it, sometimes it can feel a bit um, limiting because I can mm -hmm. only run when I have the baton. Uh, or in the short ones, I can't set aside a whole Saturday. You know, I've, I've got kids, I've got other responsibilities. <laughs> i got things to do. I like yeah, to run at seven in the morning. Like that's yeah. my time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we said, okay, cool. Well, what if we just did the same thing, but let's just remove the baton. It's like, now it's a team. You can run or walk whenever you want. Um, you can use the app to upload your distance to the team total, to chat with your teammates and watch yourselves move along a map anywhere in the world. Um, and we launched a, we said, well, wouldn't it be cool if we went around, let's go around the island of Bali and Lombok. That'd be kind of neat. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just try that out. And yeah, we had a whole bunch of people do it. Um, and you know, they, they pay to buy these teams and, and do the, complete the experience. Um, and that went really well. So then we said, okay, let's do it again. This time we'll go Tokyo to Osaka and, oh, also you'll earn little digital badges as you go. Mm -hmm. And you could, if you complete it, you'll earn a, um, a physical embroidered patch. Now you get the patch for free. Uh, if you don't complete it, you can pay $99 for the patch. Like you can just, you buy your way to the finish line, mm -hmm. um, but you can earn it by doing the race. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, um, so we've just seen this growth there and it's quite interesting uh, because again, the feedback that we're getting from people is like, Hey, wow, I was able to, we were talking with a family that have some people out here in British Columbia. They have um, some family members in, in Nova Scotia. And we got this like amazing message from one of the women. She said, Hey, I'm, um, uh, I think I'm like, I'm 60, in my late sixties. And I've just kind of been feeling really down because I I'm being kind of isolated and thank you. Like my daughter and I are now on this team. She lives in BC and we're like, this is a thing we do now. I go out for my walk. I log some miles. We chat with each other and I'm like, man, <laughs> that's so that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It, that is it's awesome. really cool. And I think it's interesting, right? Like the way we kind of started this conversation was mm -hmm. even though it's very individualistic and you're kind of, you know, quote unquote, it's you versus the road, right? Like it's, yeah, it's, just, it's really you versus yourself. It doesn't matter where you're running. It's you versus yes. you. There is that community aspect to it, which I think is really yeah. interesting from the the running community, right? Because, uh, you know, I, I have a friend who works these marathons and the amount of people that are there, you know, the New York City Marathon, what is it, 30, 50,000 people, oh, yeah, like yeah, 100,000 people? I honestly yeah, have no one, idea. One the, I think it's, it's one of the biggest in the world, yeah. And it's just crazy that that many people run it. And when it's on that day, I 
I tune in for a couple of minutes, like yeah. kind of see they're always like they find some celebrity, they find some person with a cool story, right? They do yeah. all that. And I think that that's it's just something that, again, physically, each and every one of us can run a marathon, whether mm -hmm. you, you know, I personally will probably never run a marathon. I, I'm sorry, yeah. Corey. That's You're all, a great all guy. Good. That's all nothing good. I could do about it. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where I know if I really, really wanted to, again, I don't, but if I wanted to, I could go out there and run a marathon. It would suck. The next day would be horrible. It might take me a long time, but <laughs> physically I'm capable of doing it, whether I, I want to believe it or not. And I just think it's really interesting that that many people can kind of, it's like this weird, like, you know, what is misery love company kind of yeah, thing, yeah, right? Totally like right. it's one of those weird <laughs> things where that's kind of what brings people together, but it's also then the goal setting and the, and the, the achievement and all the positives that come out of it too. It's like, yeah, we all know it's going to suck, but it's going to be so cool when we get to the end. And it's like, that's kind of the thing that brings again, 50, 100. I honestly have no idea however many thousands of people together to do this one thing, which is just, again, to me, is just completely insane. Dude, absolutely. I mean, you, you get to live a peak experience. Um, this is, this, this really sounds, um, hokey like some sometimes nah, we, just say it just we, yeah say yeah it. no this is great i love it but so we i i remember once we wrote an admission statement for the business for the uh for runguys.com right and we were like what do we do we're like well we help people achieve personal greatness and it's like wow that seems like your running calendar um i really and it's like okay well but think of um the person who never thought they were going to be able to run a 10k mm -hmm. and they uh found a race and they spent time training for that race and their friends supported them their family supported them um they, they spent a, like a whole bunch of time consistently whatever then they they do the race and on that day they get to run you know that same course as as all the pros do and they have the the crowd there and the crowd is cheering for them they see their friends and maybe they um maybe when it's like really tough for them they just look at the back of the person ahead of them and they go i'm gonna hang on to that person and they don't know who that stranger is at all right and they make it across the line and they look at that stranger and they're like thank you like you got me across and that stranger looks at them and goes really i like i i you got me across. i was, I was like, looking at that guy i was, yeah. like, I was <laughs> looking at you and and they they you know they they do something that they might have thought is never possible and so they really have achieved that personal greatness and we're a small part we get to be a small small part of that and i'm like so honored to be um and i yeah i truly believe that so it's it's uh it's a pretty amazing sport um it really is I think it's incredible. And we didn't even get into like the ultra marathoners or any of those wackos, oh, like no offense yeah. to any of those people, okay. but that is just I, like, again, those, why are you running for 60 hours? Like we know that that's not good for you. Like, I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Like that's definitely not again, possible, capable, probably shouldn't do it though. Like that just sounds really bad for your body, but let's not go down that route. Yeah. Corey. Let's not go down. Okay, I do want to say, uh, you brought up Kona and the Ironman. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I interviewed Bob Babbitt. If that name means anything to you, super cool dude. He started a magazine out in Hawaii. He was one of, he, re, he was like one of the first like 20 people to finish the Ironman. Oh, so so cool. like all the way back so in the seventies, cool. super cool dude. So if anyone's listening, I honestly have no idea what episode number it is. It was probably somewhere in the hundreds, but he was absolutely incredible. Such a cool guy. So I'm very grateful. I got the opportunity to chat with him, but Corey, man, I'm really grateful I got the opportunity to chat with you too. This was an absolute blast. I said a half hour. Here we are, 51 minutes into this yeah, thing. I hope, hope you yeah. had some fun too. So I do think, um, you know, you and I spoke about it. Hopefully, you know, the, the community aspect, you know, you got Discord, you got Slack channels, maybe some way to bring people together. I don't know. Maybe that's something for the future. Take take it. If you think it's a good idea, take it and run with it. I love it. <laughs> but um, 
Corey, where can everyone find you guys online? Where can they find these calendars? Where can they find your app? Give me everything. I'll put everything in the you show notes it. for everyone. But where can we find it all so people can go check it out? And you know, maybe maybe one day I'll go on one of these runs, Corey. Can't promise you anything, but maybe one day. I like it. We'll set you up on a. Uh, we'll set you up on one of the virtual uh, virtual runs. You can you can rip around Hawaii or something. Yeah, you can you can you can find the calendar at runguides.com. Uh, you can find the race series that we produce at runguidesraces.com, or you can just Google search virtual baton app and we'll come up there as well. Love it. Love it. Love it. What about you? Where can we find you online? If we want to kind of follow yeah, along, yeah. It, can I, if I, if I download the app, can I see what you're doing and where you're running and how you're doing that too? You know what? If you are in one of the races that I am in as well, then you can, you can, you can okay. start my team and you can kind of watch me move along. Very cool. All right. What about like your socials and everything that we can, we can maybe follow you along at? Yeah, you know what? You um, the funny thing is, I'm an internet marketing. I don't do a ton of social, but you can you can check. Smart guy, Corey. Smart guy. You can you can always hit me up to the Run Guides Instagram at Run Guides. Uh, that's probably the best way to find me. And um, all the comics on there, I drew them myself. So love you know, it. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. One more time, Corey Jennerman, managing partner at Run Guides Media, runguides.com, virtual baton app. Download it, check it out, go find Run near you because, hey, everything's opening back up, man. We get events again. Yeah. And you guys are worldwide, can North international, America. North, North America. America. All right, good enough. That's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. But, Corey, sincerely, man, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was really, uh, really enjoyed chatting with you. Pleasure. Bye, everybody. Bye.